0: Yeah. good morning everyone, and hello to those in the room, great to see you, and some new faces as well, hello, my name's Toby, as Marcus said, one of the leaders at King's and uh, based here at City Centre, and welcome at home, if you're new, you're looking in, you're here for the first time or whatever, a warm welcome to you as well, and uh, and Marcus, happy birthday to you mate, and uh, what is it, <laughs> 35 again today, okay, uh, I'm yeah. sure, something like that. We, we're... Um, <laughs> We're in uh, the book of Joshua at the minute, and so if you are here for the first time, we are exploring this Old Testament book um, of Joshua and uh, telling the story of God's people. And uh, so, again, if you're new to the Bible, actually, and um, you can open it up in the Old Testament sometimes, and it can be quite hard. You're kind of like, well, what is this all about? And chapter 5 is a little bit like that in terms of the the, the content of it, some of the things it talks about. You think, well, how is this relevant to my life today in 21st century, um, wherever we are? I don't know where you're watching online. I was going to say Britain then, but maybe you're not even in the UK watching this. Um, And so I hope that I'll be able to uh, help explain and apply some of this to our lives today. Um, And so... So far, the story with chapter 1 of Joshua, you've got the whole thing of Moses passing on the leadership of the Israelites to Joshua. Then chapter 2, they send spies out into the land to spy it out, and the story of Rahab, we've covered that. Chapters 3 and 4 is crossing the Jordan, and you've got them taking the Ark of the Covenant where they've got to contain the promises of God, and they go through the waters we talked about last week, and the waters open up and they go through, and they're now on the other side of the river. And if you know the Bible at all, you'll know that a lot of those things actually kind of mirror what happened with Moses coming out of Egypt through the Red Sea and so on, um, promises of God coming to him there. And so Joshua really is being pointed to here as the new Moses. He's the new leader of the people of Israel. And again, the, 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 the thing we have to keep in our mind here, that, that Joshua, Moses, Joshua point us ultimately to, to Jesus And we'll get there as well. So they're poised to enter the land. And we're going to read from chapter 5, verses 2 to 12. And and heads up here, we're going to talk about a bit of circumcision today. All right. So if you've come along on a Sunday morning, or you're watching online for the first time, maybe this is the last thing you'd think you'd be talking about or hearing about. But in the passage we're going to read, it talks about this a fair bit. So it says this in verse 2 of chapter 5. At that time... The Lord said to Joshua, Make for yourself flint knives and circumcise again the sons of Israel the second time. So Joshua made himself flint knives and circumcised the sons of Israel at Gibeah Haraloth. This is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt, who were males, all the men of war, died in the wilderness along the way after they came out of Egypt. For all the people who came out were circumcised, but all the people who were born in the wilderness along the way, as they came out of Egypt, had not been circumcised. For the sons of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nation, that is the men of war who came out of Egypt, perished, because they did not listen to the voice of the Lord, to whom the Lord had sworn that he would not let, and the Lord sworn that he would not let them see the land that he promised to give to their fathers, flowing with milk and honey. Their children, whom he raised up in their place, Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised. You kind of get the point, don't you? Because they had not circumcised them along the way. Now, when they had finished circumcising all the nation, they remained in their places in the camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you, so the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. While the sons of Israel camped at Gilgal, they observed the Passover on the evening of the fourteenth day of the month on the desert plains of Jericho. Right. So I think eight times I think we find circumcision mentioned there. And this place, um, Gilgal, as well, is mentioned a couple of times. This, the Gilgal kind of became the um, Israelites' base of operations, as it were, as they crossed the river, came about to enter into all the promises of God, and Gilgal became this sort of base that they lived down from. There was a kind of, before they were to go forward into the land, there was a... a a reinforcing, a reminding, a reacquaintance with their identity as the people of God. And so they kind of look back first before they go forward. And they live out, as it were, they go into all the promises that God has said from this base of operations at Gilgal. It reminded them of who they are. It made me think that all of us actually in life, we all live out from, as it were, a base of operations, you know, that, that brings identity to our lives. Or who are we? Uh, how should we live life? What's the meaning of life? What's the purpose of our life? All of us, whether we have maybe, maybe haven't thought through this much before, but we kind of return to a base of operations, a, a worldview, if you like, that influences us. How does the world work? Why do I even exist? What's the point of my life? Where am I going? It's a kind of like a base of operations that we live out from. And if we're a Christian... The base of operations for our life, the place that we live out from, is being rooted in Jesus, in who he is. He's our Gilgal, if you like. And it's from him. This series is called Courageous Faith. If we're going to live a life of faith in God, it's living out from that place in our identity, in who Jesus says we are and who we are in him. And uh And that's what we do if we're a Christian. And to help us navigate Joshua chapter 5, I thought I'd do a guess a song. I was going to ask the band to play it, but we didn't quite get there. So I'm going to read some lyrics out, and I want you to guess the song. So you you can't shout out in here because you're not many, but I don't know, sign language it or something. And if you're online, you can put it in the chat. I'll read the lyrics, see if you can get the song. It goes like this. Like a fool, I went and stayed too long. Now I'm wondering if your love's still strong. Oh, baby, here I am. I'm hoping what's going through your head is signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours. Yeah? Hopefully you've got that. Not if in here, if you've got a few nods, okay, a few thumbs up, brilliant. That's what we need more sign language in here. When you're wearing masks, it's very hard. Um, Signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours. Stevie Wonder is going to help us walk through Joshua 5. So first thing is this, there are signed people like I said, eight times circumcision is mentioned. Why were they not circumcised? Well, it's, um, Why did they circumcise? them? because they, well, we just read, they weren't circumcised. They'd come out of Egypt. New generation had come up. They were not circumcised. But what on earth is that all about? What is circumcision all about? It might not be something that we are familiar with in our everyday lives. But actually, if we're going to understand the Bible at all, and, and you read in the New Testament as well, you'll you read it talks about circumcision and uncircumcised and so on. So it's important that we have a grasp of what is being said here. Now before we go kind of forward, we need to kind of go backwards a little bit more and we go back to Genesis. Big story of the Bible um, in terms of, you know, Genesis in the garden. We've, we've turned away from God with our lives to love other things more than God, to put ourselves first. And, and the Bible talks about us being the fall. We've got broken relationship. We've rebelled against God and then we've got the story of God then who's going to work in and through us and human beings to restore to us what was lost in the garden and we come to chapter 17 in Genesis where we get Abraham and Abraham God was going to take this man and work in and through he kind of focuses down on this one man this one family and he starts making promises to Abraham he says things like this in Genesis chapter 17 you're going to be i'm going to multiply you i'm going to make you fruitful There's going to be many descendants that are going to come from you. I'm going to give you a land, a place of your own, and I will be your God. God was going to do something in and through Abraham that was going to not stop with his family, not stop even with the nation of Israel, that was ultimately going to spill over into the whole world. And in Genesis 12, he says that to Abraham, in you, through your seed, and that seed there pointing to Jesus, all the families and nations of the earth will be blessed. So here's a promise that comes with it. And then we read in Genesis 17, 11, this is the sign of the covenant of the promise between me and you. And this is going to be circumcision. So what is the point, first of all, of a sign? Well, a sign is meant to be something that points us to something beyond it. It's greater than that. Um, I've got my wedding ring here. And, and this piece of metal is precious to me. Not because of the value of it, it could be sold for or anything, but because of what it represents. This, this ring represents, this sign, this symbol represents promises I've made. Between me and my wife, Jean, it, it, it reminds me of the relationship. It reminds me of, the, of how to live, almost, you know, what I'm living for in my marriage and what that means and so on. This means so much more. If you picked up off the street, you'd have bit of a metal ring. And yet, to me, this means so much more. It's symbolic of so much more. It points beyond, and and the sign of circumcision pointed beyond. It pointed to the, it was part of the saying, "You are the people of God. You're brought into the people of God when you were circumcised, and your family was." It speaks about permanence of the promise of God that He promised to Abraham. You know, it was a permanent deal for those that were circumcised, and God's promises are permanent. It was a constant reminder that God would fulfil his promise and also a constant reminder to the Israelites of who they are, but also then their commitment to the covenant and how they should live as well and to the law that was given to Moses later on. It reminded them of all these things, their identity. But then it raises a question in my mind, I don't know if it does in you, well why circumcision? Why not something else? It's a fair question, I think, <laughs> particularly if you're going to be circumcised. You know, why not a ring? Why not something else? Well, let me try and explain this. A chap called Peter Leithart, who's a theologian, he puts it this way, and I think helpfully. He said, God promised fertility or fruitfulness to Abraham. Now, Abraham and Sarah couldn't have children. They were unable to. They got this promise, you're going to be fruitful. You're going to have loads of descendants. Loads are going to come from you. But you can't have kids. They were fruitless. And yet, here in circumcision, God promises... um, promised fertility and fruitfulness, but Abraham would only father the seed when he gave up fleshy hope. Circumcision was like this cutting away of fleshy hope that somehow it would be through his ability that the promises of God would be fulfilled. So in one sense, circumcision is like declaring our inability to achieve the promises of God through our own means and our own flesh, as it were. Only God would do that by the Spirit, and we'll get to that in a minute. But even after this situation in Joshua, okay, so they're on the other side of the river, they're being circumcised, it's a commitment to the covenant promises of God, that they're the covenant people of God, remembering their identity, looking back before they go forward. But they were still gonna fail. When you read on in the Bible, you read, well, they didn't do very well later on. It didn't take that long either, actually. We'll get to that in Joshua. They just kept failing. But God kept being faithful throughout. And that's the wonderful story of the Bible, really. You you see the God who keeps pursuing his people, even though they keep messing up, even though they keep failing. And you get to um, Jeremiah, this prophet. I mean, I would not have wanted to be in Jeremiah. He was kind of this lone voice to the, the nation of Israel. No one was really listening to what he was saying. And yet he kept saying, speaking God's word to them. And in Jeremiah chapter 31, he says, look, even though you have failed and haven't kept the covenant, even though the nation of Israel really is going downhill and there's going to be invaders coming in, in, and you're going to be taken into exile soon, and it's going to look like all is lost. Jeremiah 31, God says, I'm going to make a new covenant with my people. I'm going to write my law on their hearts. I'm going to circumcise their hearts. We'll get to that in a bit. So these signs, and there were to be these signs of the new covenant as well that ultimately pointed to Jesus and whether it's circumcision whether it's passover whether it's manna whether it's Moses whether it's Joshua we see all these things fulfilled in Jesus and so what are the signs of this new covenant if you're a Christian what signs are given because it's not circumcision well baptism And if you want to read up on this, Colossians 2.11 links, I think, baptism with circumcision there. Have a read of that. But baptism, when you're baptized, you go under the water. It's a sign of of identifying with Jesus, dying to self, cutting away, as it were, the old life, and being raised up to a new way of living, Christ's death and resurrection. And the Bible says you do that once. Circumcision was a one-off thing. You get baptized, you identify with Jesus. The Bible says you're baptized into the body of Christ. You're part of the people of God. And that's what baptism signifies. It's a sign, points to more. And, and if you're not baptized and, and you say, yeah, I'm a Christ follower, I'm starting to follow Jesus, I'd encourage you, get baptized, get in touch with us. You can go online, you can find out details on there, just get in touch and we'll have some baptism soon. Wouldn't it be good to celebrate that in here soon? And then communion as well. Jesus said as he broke bread, and we'll be doing that later on, as the bread and the wine, he said, as he poured out the wine, Matthew 26, he said, this is the blood of the covenant. The new promises of God are seen in Jesus' life, death, and his resurrection, poured out for the forgiveness of many. And so this is the ultimate sign. These baptism and communion and and things, they point ultimately to Jesus and all he's done for us. And every time we watch a baptism, when you get baptized, you are declaring your inability to save yourself. You say, I can't do it. I can't do it through being spiritual, going to church enough, reading the Bible enough, praying enough, meditating enough. Whatever it is we might do to try and get to God. Baptism is a big no to all of that. It's, I can't do it. I'm unable to do it. And then when we take communion, we're declaring that every time. My salvation is not based upon me and my ability. It's a cutting away of the flesh. It's a trusting in what God does by His Spirit. So signed, people. We're signed people. Second is sealed. Again, relating to circumcision. You can read in Romans chapter four, verse eleven. It says Abraham. This is the Apostle Paul writing. Received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was uncircumcised. A seal. Now, a seal, that word there, it was saying basically that Abraham was accepted by God not because he was circumcised. That came actually 14 years later or something, but actually before he was circumcised. And then circumcision was like this seal of what he'd already received. By faith, he was made righteous, made right in God's sight by trusting God. A wonderful picture of God's grace there. People say that the, the grace isn't in the Old Testament. It's shot through it. God's wonderful grace to Abraham there. And what does a seal represent? Well, uh, it attests to something that is true. Ephesians 1.13, New Testament says, In him, in Christ, you also, after having listened to the message of truth, the gospel, you've heard about Jesus, having believed, what happened next? You were sealed. Same word, sealed. How? With the Holy Spirit of promise. The Bible in the New Testament says that you want to know what the seal of the circumcision is in the New Testament? It's the Holy Spirit's work in our life. In one sense, the Holy Spirit attests to us, testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And so when you give your life to Christ, it's like, oh wow, Abba Father, by the Spirit we cry. Abba Father, there's something that happens inwardly by the Spirit in our lives that you start to go, I think I believe this. I believe God is my Father. And we start to cry out, and the Spirit testifies, attests to us. There's a seal there, there's a mark of ownership there. These people, circumcision was like this seal of ownership on them. They're God's people, they're beloved of God, they're His treasured possession. And New Testament, again, God pours His Spirit into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So He fills our hearts, floods our hearts. And it's a sign of God's ownership in our lives. I was looking at Helen actually when she was paying attention, Helen, um, to the signs that she was doing. Did you see the one she did when she did that? Did you notice that one? Now, I- I'm presuming this is what it means. This is God and he's over our lives and we are under his lordship. Well, that's what I took it to mean. It's a sign of that, 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 that we're under his ownership. And it's a beautiful ownership. It's not a, we, sometimes people think God's, God's this cosmic killjoy. He wants to ruin our fun and kind of spoil our days. Far from it. Actually living under him is a wonderful deal where we, tr- we find actually what true freedom is really about. And so we listen to him. The generation of Joshua, they didn't listen to him in the wilderness. Whereas we listen to him. We listen to what he says. We live his ways. The Bible says we no longer live for ourselves but for him. We've been bought at a price, therefore we live differently out from that. It's a mark of ownership in our lives, that we're no longer our own, but we're his. And like I said, it results in this change of heart. And really that gets to the heart of circumcision, actually. Circumcision was a physical sign, but actually, again, the Old Testament talks about circumcision of the heart. It was really an inward deal. It was never really about these sort of religious externals. It's about our hearts. And Deuteronomy in the Old Testament says, The Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants. There'll be something cut away that hinders us living the way God wants us to live. Well, what is that? Well, he says, He'll, he'll circumcise our hearts to do what? To love. To love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. It's a cutting away. God's work in our lives when you become a Christian. There's a cutting away of everything that gets in the way of us loving God with all our hearts, all our minds, all our souls, everything that we have. We're saved by grace. But to walk a certain way. And so the Holy Spirit starts to work on our lives. That's what I found when I became a Christian. It's what I still find today. God wonderfully, still lovingly, working on my heart to love God with all my heart and all strength and to love other people as ourselves. That's what Jesus said is the greatest commandment. And the second one as well, to love people. So there's there's a sign of circumcision. There's the sealing of the Holy Spirit, the circumcision there. And then we come to this final thing. The reason uh, that, that, we are, uh, that we're signed and sealed is because we're delivered. Gets to the final deal here, really. God had brought them out of Egypt, and they celebrate Passover. In verse 9, they say this, actually, that I've, today I've rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Again, this points as, as, as they celebrate Passover, the death and resurrection of Jesus, the, the reproach of Egypt. What's that talking about? Well, the accusation of the enemy bearing down on our lives, keeping us slaves to sin and all the rest of it, and in a right mess and away from God. God, Jesus has taken that away. He's taken everything that stood against us, it's the Bible says, and nailed it to the cross. The condition of our shame because of our sin, he's taken it away completely, utterly. He's rolled it away. He's rolled it away. And I don't know if it's too much to join the dots of the resurrection, the rolling away of the stone there, You know, maybe it's a bit of a leap too far, but there is, you know, the empty tomb declares a big yes to the cross and says, actually, when we put our trust in Jesus because of who he is and what he's done, he's raised again and he can now bring new life to us because he's alive. That's a beautiful thing. We're signed and sealed because we're delivered. And then we can pray here I am, I'm yours. Signed, sealed, delivered, and I'm yours. And that's not a bad prayer to pray. I'm going to ask Kev and the band to come up. And they're going to lead us in a song. And then Marcus is going to come up. And uh, he'll lead us in taking bread and wine and communion. And if you're a Christ follower, when we take the bread and wine, we're declaring our inability in the flesh. (laughs) We can't do it. We're declaring our faith in God. We're we're, we're camping out at Gilgal again. We're coming back to the base of operations where we live life out from, where you live the Christian life out from, from this amazing place of grace, saved by faith in God, before we're even circumcised. It's wonderful work of God in our lives. And so I'd encourage us, You know, I've never done this before, make Stevie Wonder's lyrics your prayer. Here I am, signed, sealed, delivered, I'm delivered, and I'm yours. And Maybe even for the first time you want to make that your prayer. Jesus, I'm yours based on what you have done for me. I'm yours. Shall we stand, and I'd like to pray for us, and then Kev will lead us. And if you're at home, you can do what you want, sit, stand, whatever, <laughs> but um, let me just pray. <laughs> Lord, I want to thank you for the Uh, richness of the story of the uh, of grace really shot through the bible where we turn away where we keep stumbling and falling away lord yet you keep pursuing us you're faithful where we we're unfaithful thank you that's the story of the bible that there's one that's remained faithful and jesus that's you and lord thank you so much for the gospel of grace and, and I pray, Lord, for those who follow you, just that we live out from that place, that base of operations, Gilgal, as we look back again, we remember what you've done for us. We constantly find our identity there in who you are and what you've done for us. And we live out from that place. We, we go forward into the promises of God from that place. Not putting the confidence in ourselves, but confident in you, in what you've done and what you will do. And I pray just help, keep, help, help us as we come out and through this season to keep living out of that wonderful place security and identity in Jesus. Amen.